One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Can I hit record? Are we rolling? Are, are we rolling? Are we rolling? Is it, is it on? Okay, it's on. Yes. Is the red light blinking? The red. Dude, just do this. There this is, is no already red giving light. me so much anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it's going off track. Stephen, Brad, and Jonah bringing it to you live. And by live, I mean we taped it at Rubber Tracks in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. On today's program, we have the lovely and talented Aidy Bryant. Yes, you may know from Saturday Night Live. And you will now know her from being completely awesome on this podcast. She mm. is so cool, right? It's like cool, adorable, hilarious. Like, we just want to hang out. Yeah. She's divine. So um, I wanted to start because we, we were talking about this earlier, and I have, I have this fun Converse story. And I think it's fitting since Rubber Tracks, you know, lets us record here. Um, so years and years ago, I was interviewing Walt Clyde Frazier who is one of the announcers for the New York Knickerbockers, as they're called. I know fuck all about sports. I never have much to the dismay of my father. I just don't get it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. I just, I wish. Like when I have friends who are like, yeah, man, Mets just started. I'm like, I let's have a great day. <laughs> you enjoy yourself. So I, I had to interview this guy and he's apparently, you know, a basketball legend and uh, <clears throat> really eccentric dude. Like, um, whereas like these, you know, crazy suits and these, um, snakeskin shoes, or he has a set of boots that are made of lizard skin, but the heads of the lizards are still on the tips of the boots. Ooh, those are real boots. Oh yeah. Hardcore. And apparently he owns like a few hotels in, in the Caribbean somewhere. So he'll work, you know, call in the Knicks games and then he'll fly back to, you know, his hotels in the Caribbean. Just very nice life. Really nice guy. So I go to interview him and, um, our, our wonderful co-host Mike Kanjemi was producing the segment and he's like, all right, you're going to dress in the old basketball short shorts from like the seventies and, <laughs> and, and, and high top chucks. And uh, we'll put the headband on you. And I was like, let's do it. I got the flu that day. Like just awful. Like I was just 102 temperature, just dying, but had to do it. So I go and I interview him and I'm like, I don't know anything about sports. And I'm down there, Madison Square Garden, like on the floor, on the court. I don't know anything about it. The, so many people more qualified who'd be so psyched to be there. In not, shorty shorts. Not this dude. <laughs> nope. So he's making fun of me because I'm in the shorts and he starts, te- I'm like, dude, just talk to me as if I'm four. Teach me how to play basketball. And what he said that I took away that was fascinating. He said, those shoes are the best shoes. Not being, you know, all, all adverty, but 
And I was like, oh, well, I've been wearing, you know, Converse probably 25 years now. And he said, I wore those my entire career. I have no knee problems. I have no back problems. I was jumping. I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Nothing. These guys now wear these crazy shoes that put all the support on their ankle. It takes the weight off and it messes with their knees. Those shoes are great. And I was like, it's like I had no idea. We were talking about, you know, there's like a barefoot running movement. I follow running a lot. And it's like, I do think like there is something to like, your body is designed over so many tens of thousands of years it evolves. It might be a few million. (laughs) No, no, no. It's 2,000 years. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, right. Stupid me. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think there is some logic. We don't know. We don't know the long-term effects of wearing certain things, how it affects your body 50 years down the road. Like, we don't know anything really when it comes to like, well, it seems stuff. like from what I've read, they've pretty much established that 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 these running shoes are wrecking people. I think it, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the person, but if yeah, if you have great alignment, you don't need it. Definitely, if you overpronate or underpronate, then it's like right. there's debate. But pronate. those are words there that I didn't understand. I didn't. It went right over my head. But Jonah was a crazy runner. Remember when he ran the marathon in two 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 hours and twenty seconds? Remember that? Two hours thirty. <laughs> two three hours twenty five minutes. <laughs> Six seconds. <laughs> to see if you change your time. <laughs> Dude, if it was two hours, I would probably be like... Kenyan? Kenyan or in the Olympics <laughs> or something. Our lame attempts at humor are going to pale when we speak with A.D. Bryant. I know. Get ready to listen to someone actually funny. A.D. Bryant. It's going on! Today on Going Off Track, yeah. <laughs> our guest is A.D. Bryant. From Saturday Night Live. It's true. And um, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. Very this is psyched such a to treat. have you here. Yes, and Vanessa was telling me that you are a huge music fan. I'm a little bit of a music fan. I feel Vanessa like really built this up. No, I mean, I, I think <laughs> like when I was in high school, I was like super into music because I really did, hadn't found comedy a little bit. So I was like... I thought that I was a music person, <laughs> so I like dabbled in it, and I would like follow bands and go to shows a ton, and then I like found comedy, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm much better at being one of these people than like. Where I'm, was high school? I went to school in Phoenix. That's where I grew up. Oh, yeah, in yeah, AZ. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were a fan of the format? Ever? I was, yeah. Okay. I had like a very full circle moment because when I was in high school, we would like follow the format and like go see them all around Arizona and like even in California. And so then when fun like came on SNL, because that Nate is the lead singer and he's mm. now the lead singer of fun. And so I was like, Everyone was like, oh, we're excited. Fun is here. And I was like, I'm pretty excited, too. Like, I was losing my mind. And I was, like, way going crazier because I was like, you know, I was, like, 15 years old and I would travel. Like, I was way too into it. And I have, like, a photo of myself with him when I'm, like, 15. And he's probably, like, 20. Like, he's super. Dog problems is such a great record. I, I, lo- I loved them. I was even, like, before they even really had an album out, I was, like, into their EPs, like, as a young young high school person <laughs> that's cool and into the music scene like that's ahead yeah. of the game i think i was i don't know does i don't even know were if you that's... into like jimmy world and, yes because yeah. they're arizona too right, totally. so i was like very into all the phoenix but they were albuquerque they were somewhere in arizona okay yeah. i think they're from mesa okay yeah, yeah which right. is yes. like yes. a yes. suburb of phoenix yes. kind yes. of yes. which yes. i'm like from true phoenix so right down old school yeah right in the middle of born, born and raised yeah born and raised oh wow yeah I'm like, 
And like, I think like my mom does a lot with like local Phoenix and like local first. So a lot of like the music venues participate in that stuff. So even when I was in high school, there were like cool venues that were sort of like only these underground cool things. Modified Arts was one and like they had really cool bands come through. What did your parents do? Um, well, my dad is a realtor and my mom with my dad owns a candy store and a like a clothing store that are kind of next to each other and they're they're in between they're next to a record store called Stinkweed. So she's like kind of in it with these music people a in the cool part of town yeah we're on that strip yeah we're not far from there so roosevelt is kind of like the cool part of town and we're like not far from there central and camelback phoenix heads out there <laughs> <laughs> we have so many phoenix heads listeners. <laughs> I know, I know. my grandfather lives in sun city so oh i've been there yeah it's crazy looking everyone drives like Decorated golf, golf carts. Yes, because there's a golf cart that runs right through the retirement center. Yeah. Yeah. It's, from, it's where my grandfather retired. I think where, a lot of people have to like visit Phoenix because they have like older family there or something. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a strip mall. But then if you kind of know where you're going, there's like really cool places there. I think a candy store next to a record store, the two coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're going to get hopped up on glucose, then you're going to buy a whole lot of at the drive-in records. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff there. And they do, like, tons of events where, like, the record store will, like, book music and then they'll do, like, a caramel festival or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's really cool. They're super fun. That is amazingly cool. I'm so into that. Yeah. It needs to be more candy and music-oriented things. Yeah, that's a really good idea. All right. So next live podcast, (laughs) confection and musicians. I know someone who makes macaroons here. Oh, baby. I'm into that. We're in. Solid. Yeah. So you're, so you're going to school, and, and so was, the format had to be other bands if you're yeah. a music head. Well, I was really into Rilo Kylie. I loved them. Yeah, I loved them. And then I loved, like, The Elected. I loved, like, all forms of them, mm-hmm. kind of, anything they went on to do. So, you know, Jenny Luce is coming here with the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. She's touring with them. Okay. And they're playing Barclay Center, which is crazy. Okay, that's the, insane. The last yeah. time, they, when they came here before, they played North Six. Yeah. Did you go to that show? Uh, no, no I don't yet. think I lived here at that no. point. Yeah, it was genuinely, it was amazing because it was, uh, you know, Postal Service, such a great record, but, you know, it was a slow burn. Now they're going to play the Barclay stuff? Yeah, did you see that Funny or Die thing that Tom Sharpling did with auditions for the Postal Service? No. You have to check it out. It's like people auditioning for like everything I love. It's Tom Sharpling. Yes. And if you like that stuff, I'm into that. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin it for you. You should watch it. Everyone should watch it. So you like Jenny's uh, um, solo stuff too? Yeah, I saw her, like, in Chicago, I would, like, Anytime they would come through, I would see them. Were you a big fan of True Beverly Hills? Who isn't? Honestly, (laughs) who isn't? So you were what? So you were into like the Saddle Creek stuff. I was into that stuff, but then I was also pretty into like La Tigra and Bikini Kill and like the Gossip. Okay, those were like some of my number one jams. I love Beth Ditto. I think she's like such a badass. Something crazy just happened with her. She just got arrested. For being drunk, I think. Being drunk and sounding like, yeah, she was like freaking out. But who yeah. knows? People but have, you ever I've, see I've Bikini Kill? Yeah, we've all been no, there. No, I've never seen them live, and I know I would die from it. Um, she has a documentary out, right? I know. Yeah. Kathleen Hanna? I haven't seen it. Um, you know, me and Vanessa went to high school with one of the members of the team. Yes, I know. Who I think is uh, it's going to come on the podcast at some point. And I think, like, I, I, yeah, I think Vanessa did tell me that one time. He, 
because in in Ohio, right? Or yep. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. But, um, great. I saw them with the Pixies. Yeah. They were they were a good band too. So you're into the rock girl stuff. Yeah. You're into Saddle Creek stuff. Mm-hmm. You're into some I'm not, I'm pretty not, incredible stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Does that I make me like, a music person? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I want to <laughs> be it really bad, but I, I feel like are. I'm not cool enough I or think something. That y- you just think that, I think that's just you. Yeah, that's just yeah. Your probably. You're, projecting. You are, you're cool enough. I want to be cool enough for music. If you pull the tiger out, do you yeah. think that? Yeah, I for think sure. You're in. Trust I like me. have that one ready to go. It's a good <laughs> <one>. <laughs> no, I love them. Yeah. So what was the band. shift? You said you were into music, and then all of a sudden, well, so I was in. I was into music, and you know, then I was like doing stuff around town, like weird community theater, like in Phoenix. Like I did a. A lot of plays at like Arizona Jewish Theater Company because they had like children's comedy basically. So, was there uh, something that turned you on to like, I want to act? Um, I mean, I had done like theater camps when I was younger, mm-hmm. and then through these theater camps, I had like found improv and I was like, oh, well, I hate doing the plays. I wanted to <laughs> just this one little thing that you would do like for an hour out of the theater camp, you know? Was it all like the, the, the games? Like yeah, the- like improv games and scenes and stuff for kids. So I started doing like actual heralds and like real improv through like when I was like 15 or 16 Wow! through... Uh, this guy named Bill Binder who had sort of like taken classes at IO and then now was living in Phoenix and like teaching. And so I was doing that and he kind of told me about Chicago and what was going on there. And so when I knew I was like probably going to go to college, go away to college, I was like, I want to get to Chicago somehow, you know, a Herald at 15. That's well, I'm sure it was a horrible Herald. I'm (laughs) sure it was like the worst thing ever. Like, I'm sure it was bad. There were toys I was still into at 15. But you know what? I I think it was probably, like, almost not even a Herald because I was, like, the oldest person in the improv troupe. (laughs) It was, like, me and a bunch of 11-year-olds. Like, I shouldn't have been there, but it was, like, my only way to do improv. So it was, like, I was, like, 16, 17, and then, like, everyone else was, like, 11, 12. It's really sad. I think that's why I was not cool enough for music, you know? So all your friends were five years younger than you because you were pipe pipering they around Phoenix. They were my friends. Well, they were my friends, but they were just like the people I found who I could do improv with, right. who were children, who were good at like pretending to be dogs and stuff, because they were little kids. How can I um, find an improv troupe that will obey every command and be fully. into pretending? I know. Get me a flute. I know. So, so when you moved to Chicago, did you, were you still, did you go to a lot of shows there? Were you more, I, okay. I did because initially, um, some, I went to Columbia College. Okay. And so there's a lot of like music people who go there and a couple of my friends were interning for Victory Records. So we would like go see that kind of stuff, you know, um. But so, in like, I remember my first week there, I went to go see Tilly in the Wall. <laughs> that was like my first Chicago week or whatever. So, so, I mean, yeah, at first I like, especially because I was 18, so I could go to shows, but I couldn't really go to bars. So I would, you know, go see music or whatever. That's Get amazing. those big axes put on your hands. Oh, yeah, fully. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, my old band did a record and we recorded all the guitars in Neely, the singer, the girl from Tilly in the Wall, oh, in yeah. her bedroom. Oh, my God. Because my friend Steven, she was renting the second room and, like, she would come home and we'd be like, can you go to your boyfriend's? Like, we have, like, 18 amps set up in your bedroom. <laughs> and she was so nice about it. That's great. But they were, they were a really good band, too. I loved them, yeah. especially when I was in college. I yeah. saw them, like, a couple times because I just thought they were so fun. Yeah. 
So you chose a school in Chicago to take a lot of improv. Yeah, to do comedy, really. So the nice thing about Columbia was I could sort of do school by day, but then sort of have enough time to like be also taking improv classes at night. So I was kind of pulling double duty, but it worked out great because, I mean, by the time I graduated college, I had been working in the Chicago comedy scene for like almost five years, you know? So that was like a huge great thing for me because I got to do both at once, sort of. So were you doing Second City or I.O.? Or, so I was oh. mostly doing I.O. Okay. and The Annoyance. Okay. Um, and and then sort of through doing that, I was able to like sort of audition for Second City. And so after doing like a couple teams at I.O. and stuff and a lot of shows at The Annoyance, I got hired at Second City. So That's awesome. I did, and I did a ship right before I got oh, hired yeah. for... ETC stage at Second City. <laughs> Did you go to Bermuda? I had the run that went like New York to Florida to like the Bahamas, like sort of Nassau, and then back to New York. Okay. It was not my favorite time in my life. <laughs> I went on one when Vanessa was working yes. with my parents, and I felt like she was not that into it. And yeah. I thought it was awesome. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this seems like the best job ever. Like, you barely work. You yeah. just get, like, free food, and you just, like, hang out. And she was like, yeah, it's, like, fun for you for, like, a week. Right. Yeah. I, it's really meant to, like, it's the type of living where you're supposed to live like that for a week. And then you're like, whoa, that was crazy. We ate a bunch of weird food, right. and we, like, <laughs> were sunburned. <laughs> like, you know. Where'd that shrimp come from? Don't know. Yeah, fully. Or, like, fruit that's been, like, sprayed to make sure it lives for a week, you know, kind of thing. So, I don't know. I think after a month, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty that. ready to get out of here. As someone who gets here. very seasick, I can't even imagine doing that for a oh, day. Oh, yeah. I was, like, bedridden for my first two days, and then I kind of got got it together, and I was fine for this. See, that's what everyone says about cruises. People like, you just haven't gone on the right one. Disney, that would be the right one for me. Yeah. But you're still on a boat. Right. And it's still moving. I kind of feel like if you want, like, we were thinking about doing this one to Alaska with my that family. That is the only one that sounds that good to like me. That one seems like it would be cool. But I also feel like maybe it would be better just to fly to Alaska and right. hang out there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it. Also, like, <laughs> I assumed that I would see a whale. Like, yeah. I was going to be on a ship for four months, and I never saw a whale. I saw one dolphin, but that's not enough for mm. four months. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. That's a bad dolphin to time ratio. I know. <laughs> I was bummed. Hunting to extinction. <laughs> I yeah, because I remember when Vanessa was, she kind of had, had like a similar experience to you in Chicago, and I felt like she was always so busy. Like she was in like five groups yeah. and like teaching and then doing stuff. Did you feel like you really threw yourself into it yeah, too? Yeah, because I think like in Chicago, there's a lot more like performance opportunities, especially when you're first starting out. There's all different kinds of theaters, especially even more now. Like there's a place called Upstairs Gallery in the playground where you can, you know, get in there and practice even if you haven't been around that long. So at the time, like I was doing all these independent teams and I did my IO team and then I was on a other a different IO team called Virgin Daiquiri which was like all ladies and they were kind of like more experienced than me I was definitely like the young pup on that team and so that was like huge for me to play with those ladies who were all like second city veterans you know so and your parents they were like super supportive of- they were way supportive yeah they always were like go for it and super cool about it and and actually like 
they were almost like too into it where they would be like, I don't know about the group game in that Herald. Like they really, <laughs> they knew all the, they were like super into Maybe it. Maybe a mono scene next Yeah, time. they were very <laughs> into it. It was great. Yeah, so they were super supportive. Improv, man. That's, I mean, that's, I went through like four levels of the pit, four levels of UCB. Yeah. It was very comfortable going, yeah, I'm cool. Like I had, I had a lot of fun. Um, this is hard. Yeah. Um, these young NYU kids, they're going to do very well. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. But like, it's, I, it's I think kind it's of stressful. very difficult. Especially like if you, you know, there's, there is a lot of like, you'll go through the classes and are you going to make a team or aren't you going to make a team? Yeah. And that kind of thing is like kind of stressful. Yeah. And I feel like the, it attracts, at least in New York, like you get the weirdest group of people. And like, I took a couple of uh, improv classes yeah. and like some of the people were really cool. I became friends with, and some people are like trying to make it as actors yeah, and they're like doing it mix. and then it's like yeah and what's weird especially like in those level one level two classes it's a lot of like sometimes business people being like i'm looking to loosen up my personality you know so like it's so there's people who are like i'm here to do comedy for my life you know right, right. mixed in with people who are like i'm a funny guy at the office or whatever you know and it it kind of makes for a great like learning tool because you learn to play with any kind of person you know but i think then once you get on a team and you sort of get past that hump then you're like you're spoiled <laughs> I, found, I, mean, I like yeah, everywhere has like different strengths and weaknesses in that there was a bunch of old school second city guys over at the pit who were very into teaching not just the Herald, which I like. Yeah. So it was like, now I'm going to learn impasto. I'm like, what is that? Right. I don't know what that is. I don't know if I can remember it now, but all kinds of different forms that were really cool. And I'm like, why aren't these performed a lot? And then UCB, it was just Herald, 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 right. Herald, 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 and just drilling and just game, 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 game. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the nice thing about, even that's been nice for me, like doing a show, few shows here at UCB now, like, I'm like, wow, I've learned a lot just from doing these sort of like goofy one-off shows, you know, because it, it is sort of like different. They're more into the game, whereas like at IO in Chicago, you're sort of more into like get into your scene. You might do an eight minute long scene, whereas I feel like that doesn't happen as much here. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, it's just or the annoyance, you know, where it's like do whatever, do anything you want. You're fully uncensored you can go as far as you could ever dream that you could go, you know? So there's, really? it's great to have all these, like, different philosophies. And I think that's why I enjoyed, like, you know, also I worked at Second City, so I've, like, sort mm -hmm. of dabbled in all of those, and you can learn a lot from each different one. This is where my brain goes. Go as far as you need to go. Did anyone ever die on stage at the Annoyance? Thing? I don't know, but I bet it's come close. <laughs> I mean, Vanessa and I did a show at the Annoyance together, um, a sketch show and we did some disgusting scenes about like period blood and like all kinds of like so <laughs> awful and horrible but it was also like really liberating and freeing and I think it's a big part of like why I was hired at Second City maybe because they came and saw that show and we were kind of like you know period blood girl yeah I was known as famous period blood girl <laughs> <laughs> wait was this the one where they covered the stage in plastic and there was blood oh no everywhere? that's splatter theater okay, I saw that <laughs> but that's that's great too <laughs> yeah that's a different splatter thing splatter theater it's great they do it at Halloween and oh, basically God, everyone yeah. they paint the stage white and then they 
kill everyone in a play with like real blood and I mean not real blood but it's like <laughs> fake blood but it's like everywhere and it's so fun. Yeah, I, would, I was I, visiting yeah. Vanessa and I was, she was like, "I have a show tonight." And I was like, "Oh, cool!" And like I showed up with one of her friends and it was just like a bloodbath. It's um, and I thought it's it was cool. so cool. It's yeah. honestly amazing to see what they do. I can't handle that. It's super like no, campy though like, and tongue in cheek, so it's pretty silly. And I'm it's one like, of those people that's very comfortable around. I've seen, like, in real life, things get cut off and people hurt and things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Are you okay? You know, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, that would stress but you then on, But then on television or something, I freak out. Like, CSI, I don't watch. I'm yeah. very weak. Well, then don't go to Splatter nope. Theater. Nope. Not going to go, but I enjoy Although the <laughs> fake blood is made out of chocolate, so the whole theater smells really good. <laughs> oh, I back that. <laughs> yeah, it's very. That's great. I'm very into it. <laughs> so, you're in, so you're in Chicago and you're taking a, a gazillion classes. I yeah. like that people like Vanessa just hurl yourself into it totally and then so when did the call come about SNL well so I got on ETC <clears throat> at Second City um, what's ETC so ETC is it's just like the main stage but a little smaller okay. so the main stage holds 300 people ETC holds 200 and we're both running different reviews sketch reviews that we've written and it'll sort of change every six months to a year we re- write a new review and um and run it you know and so i had written one review and it closed basically and we opened to this new show and so you'd take like three months to write those shows so we wrote this new show and i felt really good about it It was my second one i i definitely felt like i was like more confident in that one not as like freaked out and brand new and um and so the night we opened, we were like, oh my gosh, that's in- the- we're so proud of ourselves. And the producers came back and they were like, we don't want to freak you out, but tomorrow Lauren Michaels is coming and he's bringing like writers and, you know, pe- producers to check it, check it out. And so it was just like kind of crazy timing that we had like just opened the show, but it's kind of scary because it's sort of untested material. You know, you've, we've been practicing it for three months in front of audiences, but you haven't run it like clockwork. You don't know it. Maybe. Why would they tell you? Why wouldn't they just like, well, cause I think it would be, cause there are parts where we like do audience participation or whatever. And it would be horrible to like go out there and be like, excuse me, sir. Could we get a suggestion? (laughs) Oh my God. It's Lauren Michaels. Um, (laughs) that would be my actual nightmare. So I think that's like why they told us, you know? Um, (laughs) so, but so we were a little bit like, oh my gosh, but, At the same time, I was like, well, I mean, they're going to come see the show. All we can do is, like, do our best, you know? And so it just happened that we had, like, this incredible crowd that night. And so it was, like, so cool. They, they, I felt like they really enjoyed the show. And afterwards, they came backstage and we met them, like, super briefly. And, um... And then the next day or a couple days later, my parents were in town for the opening of the show. So I was like, I was actually at like this antique mall with my mom (laughs) and like my phone rang and they were like, you know, they want to fly you out. They want you to do five minutes or whatever. So I was like, mom, I need you (laughs) like going crazy. So nervous, but so excited, you know, no, I have a brother. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it was just like very cool, very exciting. But I was also sort of exhausted because we had just worked on the show for three months and opened it, and but it was like such adrenaline. So it was they kind flew of you out, and that, I, that to me, with talking to Vanessa before, when they say you know five minutes, that just seems daunting to me. Yeah, I mean, I think thankfully a little bit they had sort of asked that I do versions of stuff that I had done in that two-hour show you know that they had just seen they were like can you kind of make some of it into solo material and 
do it. Um, and I think at that point, a little bit, I was like, well, they did just watch me for two hours. Like, no matter what I do in this five minutes, they've at least seen who I am and the stuff that I like to write. And I think that was like a very freeing way to go into the audition yeah. where I was like, it doesn't all hang on this five minutes for me. Like, I know they've seen stuff that I'm proud of and that is like very my point of view. And so I was like, I just have to go in and like have fun now, you know. Which is not easy to do because it's very scary, but and it's very fun and mature in theory. Yeah, <laughs> and then you show totally. up in New York, <laughs> and I ended up like that day. I like felt like I had to get ready, like it was prom or something. Like I started at like ten a.m. just like sitting and being like, "I am strong," <laughs> you know, like crazy, like and then like curling my hair and being like, "I can do this," crazy, running mantras and affirmations Fully. all day. I, and then I would just like every five minutes, I would like run my piece again just to like practice and but you seem like you have like a really positive attitude just kind of in general have you always kind of been that way i think so i think so my my parents are like very positive people and so going into this i was like this is only cool that i get to perform for these people it's there's nothing bad about it so i could only just enjoy that and like what an honor to go there and do that you know so i was like if it stops here it's still the best thing ever <laughs> you know what i mean totally so but then um so i did my audition and i felt pretty good about it you know who knows whatever and i left and i landed in chicago and i turned on my phone and they were like we're flying you back in like two days and we want you to just meet and like so i just met with some of the producers and some of the writers but not lauren and then they were like okay we want you to fly so then I got back to Chicago, landed, turned on my phone, and they were like, we want to fly you back, <laughs> and we want you to do another five minutes. And so when you turn off your phone on the flight, you're oh, like... Oh, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Hope this book's good. Right. <laughs> so I did... Um, that was, like, really stressful, because yeah. at that point, I'm like, I have to write a new five minutes. I don't just have stuff ready, you know? But at the same time, I was like, well, again, like, they've seen me. All I can do is just, like, have fun. I felt a little more nervous about that stuff because it wasn't stuff I knew particularly well and I was just kind of winging it, you know. <laughs> um, but it was still really fun and I, I thought it was like silly and fun. And then I got, went back to Chicago and again they flew me back for another meeting um, and this time with Lauren. And so that was, you know, nerve-wracking but cool. Was it, were there other folks that you knew? That yeah, the so situation? for the, I mean... For each time I auditioned, I knew people from Chicago or people that I sort of lightly knew from New York or wherever. Um, so that was made it a lot better. Mm -hmm. And um, then the second time, Tim and Cecily were both with me, and I knew them from Chicago. So that was great. So we, like, really stuck together. And then same with the meeting. They were, you know, they were with me, and we all kind of stuck together and got dinner afterwards and that kind of thing. And you and Vanessa have been friends for a while. Yeah, yeah. I've been friends with Vanessa since long before she was hired. We did stuff together in Chicago. So this is like, and we share an office now at the show, which is probably more trouble than they ever wanted because we just end up like sitting in there and like talking about hunks and hanging out, but eating a lot of candy. That's how it was when me and Stephen worked together at Fuse. Yep. Talked yeah. about hunks. A lot so. of talking about hunks. I knew hunks. it. Seriously. But so it's great. Like I love that Vanessa and I get to be together so much. That, I mean... That's going to be an interesting moment with your friend. We're like, hey, we're friends. You're on the show. I'm auditioning for the show. You, you heard anything? <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't ask that much because I knew not. she didn't know anything. And yeah. especially now 
being here now, I'm like, oh, I really don't know. You know, they they don't. And I think it's probably for the better. Like, they don't really tell us that kind of stuff or what's going on. Um, but, you know, I definitely called her and I was like, you know, here's the stuff I'm kind of thinking about doing. Does this sound okay? Um, you know, what should I expect from meeting with Lauren? And, you know, I mean, she's so great. She's like, What was the meeting like with Lauren? You know, it was really short. It was like super fast. It was probably a five... 10 minutes max and it was just really nice and he was sort of like you know you're very young and you know i think you have a lot to learn but we're very excited and then i i was sort of like wait so is he saying i'm too young i don't do i need to wait more or what's going on i was like do, the, do you want me to age i was really trying to read him uh, and i like couldn't figure it out but he was also just like so nice and so uh warm and then I felt like at the very end, he stood up and he was like, well, I think you'll do very well here. And he like shook my hand. And as I was leaving, I was like, does that mean I'm hired? Am I not hired? Does he mean later I'll do well here? Like at another time? And so I left fully unsure whether I was hired. And then a couple hours later, like a producer called me and was like, you know, that was him hiring you. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. But thank you. So it was pretty awesome. He never shakes hands. <laughs> I know. I mean, fully. I was like, I don't know how to read this. I how old are you? I'm 25. God. Yeah. Lordy, lordy, lordy. So, let me, so what, 87 you were born? That's right. 87. 87. I don't even know how to put it. It's a good thing. Yeah. 87. See, what was I doing in 87. Oh, I had heard about this new band, Fugazi. That's what I was doing in 87. <laughs> really psyched about that when that happened. I hear that. That's very exciting. So how do you like living in New York? Yeah. It's so crazy. It's really... I felt like, oh, Chicago is like a really big city. I've lived in the city, used trains. I know what I'm doing. I was like so wrong. <laughs> it's such an, another level here. You know what I mean? It's... It's really intense, but... If you look at the subway map of any other city in the world, and then you look at New York, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Fully. So I'm like, I basically have like four trains mastered, and I've managed to just live on that, but I, I'm i really looking to branch out. <laughs> but I used to hate visiting Vanessa in Chicago with the trains, because I felt yeah. like with that loop, it's like I always had to go so far out of the way. Right. And like, it was, I didn't, never really... It's weird, and, you know, the other thing is like, in Chicago... A lot of times you'll wait for a train for like 15 or 20 minutes, you know, and then it will come, which back then I didn't think was that crazy. But now that I'm in New York and they come like every four minutes or yeah, whatever, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Chicago, get it together. <laughs> Unless like late at night, you know, after 10 when you're standing on the platform in New York. Yeah. It's like, oh, 25 minutes. Oh, right. Right. Zero, zero. Podcasts are for. Yeah. It's really right. true. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I I haven't lately because I I've been pretty busy. But um, before that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before that, like when I was at Second City, all my like basically my days were free, so I would like be around my house listening to podcasts all the time. That's that cool. a fun switch where I've noticed I listen to more podcasts than I do music. Whereas a kid, you know, my dad is listening to talk radio. I'm like, how can you listen to this? Totally. Yeah, that's Crap. true. Crap. And now it's like hear a record. I'm like, yeah. I know. When I was little, my mom would listen to NPR and I would be like, this sucks. And I love music because that's who I am. And I was like, you're a bitch. Like, I'm sure I was such a nightmare child, um, even though I like loved her so much. And I now I'm like, oh, my God, I love NPR. I listen to it all the time. It's, it's so funny. I know. It is weird how that, that switches. So um, 
Having, having read the live from New York book, I think yeah. I know what SNL is like. <laughs> I have no idea, just from what I've gleaned from talking to Vanessa and Fred. <clears throat> like, is it, would you say that it is, like, everything you've heard through your life? Like, it, it's that hard. It's that difficult. It's that. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's fun, obviously. Yes, yeah, but like, it's, it's so Comedy's fun. work, way more work than anything else. I think it is a lot of work, but so much of the good, like, outweighs the stress or the the craziness Mm -hmm. and also it's like part of the fun of it i think is that you're like oh my gosh can i stay awake another hour i don't think i can oh wait i'm staying up four more hours you know like it's sort of fun to push yourself that hard Mm and especially to be surrounded by people who are also pushing themselves that hard it's like it's kind of an amazing thing i mean i mean of course it's stressful and you want your pieces to get on or your sketches or whatever um but you like can't help but kind of learn from like every single second i remember my first week i was like i want this week over so bad just because it's like you want to sort of know how things will go down and then be on to the second week because you'll have a better handle on it you know but i think now i'm like just loving it it's like so fun it is fun but it's really yeah it is stressful but it's oh my gosh the coolest stuff happens Mm -hmm. you know like steve martin is like hanging around, yeah, you know, or like Dan Aykroyd. That was the best. That was amazing, and he is amazing, Justin yeah. Timberlake, and kind. Mm-hmm. What a winning combination! <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to be really successful. I think I Jessica think Biel okay. chose well. <laughs> no kidding, I think she did choose well. I was listening to a podcast recently. Um, uh, Mark Maron had Mel Brooks on. And he was talking about the show of shows, and they did a live show every week. Yeah. He said, and they, he said we worked like crazy, but oh, it might have been the Carl Reiner one. They're right one after the other. I might be confusing the two. But that they got home, they were home at six to be with their families every night. And wow. Said, and we still put on a live show. And we still wrote like crazy. And we have these sketches. And he said there was some shift, which was work crazy hours. Yeah. And they alluded to, well, if you let people know that you're willing to do that, right, you'll do that. I mean, and I'm willing to do it. (laughs) I am. I'm like, I love it. I mean, I also think some of my favorite times with Vanessa or with anybody in the cast, because they're all so nice and so fun, happen at like five in the morning when you're insanely loopy. It's sort of like the best working sleepover of your life, you know, on Tuesday nights. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday, you know, when we read the scripts, it's like incredible to see these people who have like barely slept at all perform so hard like 150 percent sitting at this table you know that's like really hard to do Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing to watch it's like probably my favorite day of the week is to watch everybody on wednesday because you're just so tired but you like pull it out and it's such that's you get to see all the pieces that don't make it that are hilarious, but you know are just not right for the week or whatever. And you're tired at 25, which <laughs> means that's a big tired. It, well, I mean, you've, you, I usually will go home at like six or seven in the morning on Wednesday morning, basically, and you've been there since like maybe one o'clock on Tuesday. And then I'll sleep for a couple hours, take a shower, and I try to be back by like 12:30 on Wednesday. So, you're pretty tired, <laughs> but no. you're also like adrenaline pumping. But you're so. in this, you know, time in your twentieth, like like you're at the age where you've just been allowed to rent a car legally, <laughs> and 
and you're on Saturday Night Live. No, I mean, it's very surreal. It it's, doesn't feel real to me at all, and it still hasn't hit me, I don't think. I think it maybe will in, like, ten years. Have you rented a car yet? No, I, I haven't. Oh, it's but a neat I'm, I'm going to L.A. next month, and I am renting a car. That so. is exciting. <laughs> You'll note the birth date? I'm fully pumped. 87? I know. I'm pumped. So, 80, I don't know how this happened, but one of your fans... Oh, right. Texted me some questions. Her name is Danetta Breyer. I am obsessed with Danetta Breyer. I'm an equal fan of hers. I'm almost sad that we're revealing <laughs> Danetta Breyer's cool, She's cool. alias. She's cool. <laughs> but I don't know how she got my number. I just got these. Yeah. She somehow found out you were coming here. Oh. And she wanted to ask you a few questions. This is that okay? I love Danetta. I've been putting flyers with your number all over town. <laughs> so, um, She said, first of all, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Huge is spelled with a J. I know. She spells everything <laughs> wrong all the time. I love her so much. Um, first question is, I'm a huge fan. How do you have such a cool life? Oh, that's such a good question, Donetta. Thank you. <laughs> I love this too much. Um, cool life. How do I... Where do I begin? Um, let's see. Start with great snacks. Hang with cool friends. Awesome music. Um, Define snacks, please, Eddie. Um, probably candy, probably cake. <laughs> Are those snacks or just desserts? But Who you knows? Can, you can, you can. I'm a big candy fan. You can go off into many different oh, genres yeah. of candy. Okay, if you really want to know my number one candy, mm -hmm. it's this thing called Lottie Da. They're handmade in Chicago. They're insanely good. My mom sells them at her candy store. They're like sea salted caramel, some nougat dipped in this crazy chocolate. They're all handmade. They're insanely good. And that is a candy store daughter's tip for America. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> wow. Okay, Donetta. Donetta, yes. Um, what's your favorite animal? Mine is a fish. <laughs> Oh my god, Danetta's killing like me. She could have gotten more specific with fish. <laughs> no, she just loves fish. Um <laughs> honestly, I'm a dog person. Like okay. I love dogs. I think they're the funniest. I'll laugh at them forever. Sometimes I'm like a pervert who will go sit in the dog park and like watch them and I have no dog. That's really sad. Mm -hmm. um, Do you miss kind of not having a dog? Yeah, I mean, I really want to get a dog. Um it's just like our schedule is so crazy. Yeah. I would hate for it to like need to go to the bathroom or something at That's like four in the morning good. or something so i know i'm not that into cats though like they're fine but i i don't see myself getting one they're kind of mean i think no you got to grow up you have to have the right cat yeah I'm, and i did not have the right cat i had like the wrong cat in my house its name was h <laughs> and it was just kind of an asshole just the letter h yeah just the letter h i don't know what my parents were doing it was probably angry at not having his name <laughs> I know, finished i know Danetta wants to know, have you ever been on a family vacation? Vacation spelled V-A-C-A-S-H-U-N. Have you ever been on a family vacation that's so cool? Question mark. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, my family is pretty into family vacations because we really enjoy being together. So, yes, Danetta, thank you for asking about it. Um, we went to Boston once. That was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we For went, real? Your family's that tight? Do you like to go on vacation Yeah, together? we do. We do. I think we're maybe going to Montana this summer as a fam. 
Yeah, we're pretty cool. It's a very interesting state. You know what? Is as a kid again, I was like so annoyed with my parents because I was like, "Can we go to Sea World? Can <laughs> we go somewhere like that?" But we always went to like Wyoming or like Utah or one of those Idaho. <laughs> but there's like beautiful country there, and now I can appreciate it. But as a kid, I was like, "This sucks. I hate trees. I hate walking around." <laughs> like, I was uh, not. There into are it. no funnel cakes anywhere. Fully, I was. Like I was like, this sucks. TV rules. <laughs> like that was the worst. So you were an average teen. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, I was an average teen. <laughs> I'm almost done with this. I promise. On, I love it so much. Um, Should we call Danetta? Did she? If she texted you, you must have a number. I don't know. Um, <laughs> phone didn't work that way. <laughs> do you have a boyfriend, and is he cute and great? Gr8. <laughs> I bet you do. And how did y'all meet? Which is like a weird kind of southern thing thrown yeah. in there. And, but also like fun personality. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Donetta, that's pretty personal, <laughs> but I'll answer it. <laughs> um, I do have a boyfriend. His name is Connor. I know that Donetta knows him, which I think is why she asked this question. <laughs> um, I met Connor doing stuff at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago almost five years ago. Wow. So, yeah. That's great. That's kind of a long one. Been dating for the full five years? Yeah. And now he has food poisoning at home right now. Oh, um, and he lives here in New York Was it with from me. the Lottie Dog? No. I think it's from, and I'm humiliated to say this because we love it, but Dig In. What's that? You don't know what Dig In no. is? No. Oh, I guess I'm a little new, more New York City than I Jonah Bayer. I can't Whoa. believe it. I'm surprised because I know Vanessa loves it. Dig in. It's like a seasonal market. No. And you like get a bunch of sides. It's like really good food. Really? Yeah, it it's all like sweet you. potatoes and Brussels sprouts and like it's really tasty. Okay. But, but apparently they don't wash it. My boyfriend is throwing it up in our apartment right now. <laughs> The last thing she said, please show her these, and it's a bunch of emoticons. I don't know if you want to... Uh... Oh, I definitely need to see these. Thank you so much. Oh, these are emojis. Yeah, we do like a lot of texting with emojis. And <laughs> she spelled please wrong. Yeah, and She's... then she said thanks and spelled my name wrong. <laughs> what does it even say? Jonan? <laughs> I love it. That's, yeah. your, that's your Christian name. Yes. Thank you. Jonan. So. so thank you, Donetta. Donetta. Emojis are the best. So now if you're out there, if you can hit us up on Facebook. Danetta, I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you so much. You rock. Then spell rock wrong in your mind. R-O-K-K. That's right. Long E. So what have you been doing? You're on hiatus now. Yeah. Obviously, have We're you been on... kind of re- relaxing or traveling? I've been or... kind of relaxing. This has kind of been my first break where I haven't gone out of town. I've like just stayed in New York and like explored a little bit and i had some friends in town i did the chris gethard show oh i saw that you did that yeah yeah chris is so funny he's so funny he's so great i love that show it's very cool like i was just like so touched at like how all these kids can like call in you know from all around the country like if i was in high school i would have shit my pants to like get a hold of some cool like alternative comedy that i could interact with and like call every week it's so cool have you checked out chris's book i just ordered it it's online so good i'm so pumped really about good. it you'll read it because like i days. i love i love any like personal stories and stuff so i'm i'm pretty pumped yeah, on that it's really great uh, it's, it's fascinating to me because um i don't mean to harp on the age but you're 25 yeah. so you've grown up with kind of you know when the internet was first starting and facebook i'm obsessed out, with the internet <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like that's part of your, you know, your makeup. Totally, yeah. Is that kind of thing. And accessibility and listening to bands online. Yeah, I did. I did all that. Things. That's that's fascinating. I know. It's kind of cool, right? I mean, I was I was very into the internet. I had a cool live journal. I had oh, Yeah. Yeah. I was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had a MySpace. <laughs> totally. But I was yeah, I think like the internet was a big part of my life. <laughs> I wish I'd had something like that. Totally. You know, the the amount of time I spent in a Tower Records bookstore just flipping through stuff. You gonna buy that? No. But remembering everything. Right. Reading liner notes, which is great. It's tactile, it's there, you know, learning about bands and things. But um with the internet, which again isn't authenticated, so you just have to put a little faith in it. Right. To be able to hear a band in San Diego that I wasn't going to hear in Virginia. Totally. It's awesome. That I felt the same way about comedy, too. Like, even when I was in college, I would look up both music and comedy online, and it was, like, my number one vehicle for, like, checking stuff out. It's so... It's so great. But I also am like very thankful that I didn't have like YouTube or Facebook when I was like in middle school or high school because I fully would have ruined my future posting like bitches suck and like (laughs) making videos of me being like, I'm a woman, like just making crazy, I'm sure. Because I was like a pretty creative kid and I think I would have used that like for evil and not for good, you know? Because especially sometimes I'll see stuff online where like stuff will go viral of like just a kid trying to have fun in their room or whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is, that would have been me. I would have been that person. Because I, I, yeah, I, but I feel bad for it. I feel like it's cool though for connect. Like I felt like what I was into in high school, there were like two other kids into punk rock who were my friends, but there were other kids at other schools who I sort of would meet. But I was like, man, if there was like online, I could find these people right. and like hang out with them. You know and, like, what was start weird too was like when I, so I went to college in 2005, which was like when Facebook just started. And at the time you had to have a college email. You could only yeah, be in college that. to like join Facebook. And so at the time, like, I remember I joined Facebook and I knew what dorm I was going to be living in. And so, like, people would click on your dorm and then, like, look at your music interests. And, like, some of my best friends to this day, like, when I was in college, like, found me on Facebook, which now it sounds sort of creepy because that's not really how Facebook works as much anymore. But back then it kind of was. Like, you would browse other people in your college and, like... I remember, like, this one girl was like, I'm into the format, too. And, like, now she's, like, still one of my really great friends. That's amazing. Isn't that so crazy? It is crazy. I had something really weird happen to me on Facebook today. Uh-oh. Um, so I have to go interview this band after this. Yes. And there's a photographer traveling with them, and my editor was like, you should link up with the photographers on the road. I was like, great, like, someone I can hang out with, we'll whatever, right. work on this together, sort of. And so I found him on Facebook, and I was just going to send him a message, like, hey, man, it's Jonah, like, excited to hang out today, just, like, friendly, like, and uh, I'm not friends with him. And I tried to send this message, and it was like, you're not friends with this person, so you can send him a message for $15, <gasps> or it can go to, like, his, like, other, or you can click this button, and it goes to, like, his, like, other folder, which is kind of, I guess, like, a junk message yeah, folder. Yeah, But it was like, if you want this in his actual messages, you have to pay $15, and I was like... I'll just see him at the show, like, yeah. whatever. But I, that had never happened to me before. Where does the money go? I don't, I guess to Facebook. I guess maybe that's how they're trying to make money now. Because I've never, I guess I don't, I've so never really tried to. plummeting s- that hard? 
I don't know. I've never, I don't really send messages, I guess, to people I yeah. don't know. So right. I don't know how long this has been happening, but it was really weird because I feel like I just, I was like, okay, I'm wow. obviously not going to do this. I kind of want to do that with yeah. my own Facebook, though. I mean, if that's like a weird preference option. Yeah, because- I don't know. This money will go to me. Yeah, I don't know where it goes. That's I don't so know crazy. how you pay for it. I don't never heard even that. if it was fifteen cents, I wouldn't have done it. Right. No. But no. yeah. Wow. I mean, it's kind of genius, but it's also oh. totally insane. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. So you also grew up with like magical phones that you walk around with and yeah. all, instant accessibility. I did. That must have been very interesting for your parents. Were you young when you got a cell phone? Do you I, sound so old right now? No, no, you don't sound old to me at all. You yeah, sound yeah. cool. I'm jealous of you guys. Um, <laughs> don't be. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think I got a cell phone when I was in high school because I think my parents were like, she's wild or something. We need to track her. We got to track her. No, I had, remember those like Nokia ones that you could like snap on the cool faceplate yes. of like different Vaguely. cool. Oh, yes. So I yes. had that and I had a cool like <clears throat> Roxy cover. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Did you have a sidekick ever? I did have a sidekick later mm. I just when I was like in college. It's weird when parents are like, we want our kid to have a cell phone. It's like. How I can never keep a phone charged when I was like six. I couldn't do anything <laughs> right when I was sixteen. Like I couldn't clean my like I'm gonna keep this thing plugged in all yeah, the time. I know. I think I did because I thought like texting was cool. And I don't know the but, amount of games that are on it. If I was sixteen, cell phones were around. Be like, wait, I can play games and I don't have to hook it up to a TV. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this powered constantly. Yeah, I didn't. I was not that much of a gamer. I wasn't very. I don't know why I didn't do that. Oh, I'm not into games at all, but unless it's like an app game that I can... Right. Any game where I'm like, push here, <laughs> fire arrow, neat. But if it involves more than two buttons, um, no. Yeah. I cannot it's figure it out. beyond me. So was it just comedy and music? Did you geek out in any other ways growing up? I think those were my two main geek outs. Who are your comedy people? That I loved? hmm I mean, I loved SNL, and I watched it pretty religiously. Um... When I was in college and stuff, I was really into like Neil Hamburger and stuff. I thought he was the funniest man. He's I still really, think that. Is, do you follow his Twitter? Um, no, he I don't is, have Twitter. You should go oh, on. You fun. should make an account just to follow him, or maybe you don't have to have an account. Yeah, because he retweets like corporations. Oh my god! And then will like insult the people doing the tweeting for the corporations. <laughs> be like, and he just and he just retweets when people get sick from Taco Bell. He's, he's so he's incredible. Funny. Me yeah. and Vanessa actually like I got Vanessa into Neil Hamburger. Oh really? And I feel like she. I feel like she kind of has a little bit of... I feel like you guys both have that kind of awkward... Yeah, like, yeah. I just, and I love it. I love to- it. Oh, I love it so much. I actually saw him... Like, I did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2010, 11. I don't even know. Was that Second City? Um, I did it through something called Baby Wants Candy, which is like musical improv. So we take a suggestion of a musical that's never been written, and then with a full like live band, we do that musical which have been like some of my coolest like rock and roll moments because it is like a full kind of rocking band and then like you get to make up a song with them it's pretty musical is one of your theatrical things before improv a little bit barely barely i mean i was hanging on would you like singing would you do a band i would i totally would i think it's like too cool and awesome. I love it. I think actually Vanessa and I have like pitched a scene together several times where we're part of an all-girl band. <laughs> and I think everybody's tired of it. <laughs> but we love it so much. Um, 
So you're in Edinburgh and you're doing... Oh, yeah, but so I went and saw Neil Hamburger in Edinburgh. And it's so funny because, like, in the UK, they're sort of more into heckling. Like, they're a little more... That's a little more common there. It's not as like, oh, fucking asshole heckles. It's like part of comedy there. And <laughs> there were some like insane hecklers and he handled it so awesome. It was just. Well, it used to be, I don't know if it's still, it used to kind of be a part of his show. Like you almost were supposed to heckle totally. him. Totally. Because I saw him at the Knitting Factory in college and my friend, he threw a drink on me. <laughs> or he threw a drink on my friend and he said my hair looked unsanitary. Oh. It was great. I was I like, I was so honored. But, uh, yeah, it used to be a thing where you would heckle him and then he would just say really messed up stuff back to you. He's so good. I saw him. The best. I, yeah, I told you I saw him. He oh, opened for Faith No More? A Tenacious D. Tenacious D, yeah. At Madison Square Garden, sold out crowd. That is so cool. I always think it's cool when, like, comedy and music collide. I know I heard Vanessa say that she used to open for your band. Yeah, The Empty Bottle. I think that's so great. It was. How yeah. did it go? Was it okay? Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I thought it was really fun. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, like I said, I've, I've talked about it before, but yeah, like her jokes would be like empty bottle, more like empty club. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, there wouldn't really be uh, any people there. But so I good. thought it was great. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was funny. I felt like a lot of people were really confused. And then yeah. she would just kind of like make jokes about the other band's names. Oh my and God. like, and she actually did a show here when Motion City Soundtrack played oh awesome they had kind of different guests like I think Doug Benson did it and they, Vanessa came out and did um, a set and it was mostly like talking about their name and like, making <laughs> puns about their album titles oh and, my god yeah it was really cool to see her kind of do that again but like on a bigger <laughs> scale <laughs> yeah, for a band people cared yeah. about yeah so that's, that's cool. funny how that kind of used to be the way you know say the you know decades ago more than two that you know you'd have like a big band and you have the band leader and then you have a comedian like it was part of a show you say you did reviews like that makes yeah. sense to me well and like the reviews were like a lot of music like it was a lot of us like writing our own mm. like weird comedy songs or whatever and th- that was like always my favorite parts actually in both the reviews i wrote at second city like two or three of the main things i ever did in those shows were like music related they were real fun i think it's fascinating that in in comedy period seems to be two camps the people who are really into the song and dance stuff and the people who aren't <laughs> i'm sort of 50 50 like i sort of hate it but i'm trapped in loving it also yeah. i there are times i've seen horrible you know comedy music where i'm like this is so embarrassing and i feel and i've also been a part of stuff that i've been embarrassed of <laughs> but i but i think when you do it right there's like nothing better and it can be very cool like fred is a perfect example mm-hmm. of someone who can make not necessarily song and dance, but like music and comedy, cool in combination. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen his like solo stuff that he does for gigs like that, like it's really fun. It's almost like going to a weird sort of like music lesson because he talks about different types of music and what's funny about them. And it's I don't know, I love that. I I think I really admire that. He's cool. He's, he, he's a cool he's guy. A pretty cool guy. I think you need to form a band. I are you guys? Will you be in it with me? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Immediately, because I have, need people who like know and understand music. <laughs> yeah, but the deal is, Jonah plays guitar and I play drums, so we'd have to swap. That's that's. And so I don't play guitar well. Okay. Wait, who would have to? You'd have to play drums. That's the only way the band would be successful. Oh, the band would be terrible if I played drums. Okay, that's cool. Just so you know, I think in our like fictional band that Vanessa and I have, I play drums and she plays guitar. So then we're singing. <laughs> Thing about 80 is 
growing up with your mother having a candy store that's next to a record store, I think I dreamed about that as a child. Yeah. I think that was high on my list of places to end up. And I love that, like, she's, she was, like, the cool band girl in high school. Like, uh, I don't know what the equivalent was when I was in high school, but, like, you know, for her to be like, I was into La Tigra. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's impressive. I wasn't that cool in college. (laughs) Or ever. Hey, if you dug today's episode, please go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash going off track. There you can leave comments or send us messages. You can listen to all the episodes on our website. And we have a slew, slew of a back catalog that you don't have to pay for. You can listen to as you want. Or if you do want to pay for it, you can click the donate button and send us some cash to keep this up and running. We like doing it and we hope you guys like listening to it. Oh, what did I miss? Um, special shout out. Thank you to Danetta Breyer for your questions. Oh, yeah, Danetta. She was amazing. <laughs> um, uh, if you can follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend yeah, you doing it. Look for her. She's hard to find, but. Yeah, but she's got some crazy skills and can't spell. Yeah, no, she can't spell at all. No, but it'll get better. Um, next week, more awesomeness. Oh, yeah. Also, we're on Twitter at Going Off Track. Um, follow us there and we'll retweet everything else we all tweet ourselves. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.